Welcome to another episode of Living an Ultra Life. This week, we're going to talk about keys to regrouping after big effort. This is really more about running recovery. There is a whole market on running recovery in the running community now. And I'm telling you what, it runs the gamut from simple all the way to, man, you can spend a lot of money on recovery tools. I don't think there's any secret sauce to getting recovery correct. You know, I didn't think there's a right way or a wrong way to do it. I think that what it is, is there's this fine line between taking too much time to recover after a significant running effort and taking too little time. Because see, when you take too little time to recover properly, you run the risk of injury. But when you take too much time to recover mentally, getting out there and getting ready for the next big race or long run gets a lot more challenges. So there's some keys to getting back on your feet and pursuing that next great adventure. And I really think these keys boil down to one thing and one thing only, and that is your mental approach to regrouping after significant effort. Now, you notice I'm using the word regrouping. There's this thing that happens after you've done a really, really hard effort, like Blackbeard's Revenge 100 or a 24-hour effort or 200-mile race or you know Chris Guerra's getting ready to do the Cocodona 250. There's this thing that happens in your brain after that that says, man, that was enough. I think a lot of people go, yeah, that was enough. That was good, man. I, I did that. Okay. Woohoo! I'm done. Maybe I'll run another hundred. But there's like a stoppage that happens. So I wrote an article for Medium uh, about a year ago, and it's called The Art of Running Effortlessly. It's one of the more listened to podcasts we've done also, if you want to go back and listen to The Art of Running Effortlessly. But I describe this unique art of learning to listen to your body, learning to recover sufficiently so that you can spring into the next thing relies very, very heavily on learning the art of listening to your body. There's a lot of tools out there and they're all very valuable. But the biggest thing that you're going to have to learn how to do is get in tune with listening to your body. Key number one is don't collapse on the couch and stay there. If you guys could have seen me the day after I finished the Blackbeard's Revenge 100, you would have laughed. My left foot was swollen. I, I really didn't have any ankle definition. My toes looked like sausages. Man, I wanted to curl up in a ball on the couch and just stay there. I had aches and pains. I didn't even know I had a corresponding body part to go with those weird aches and pains. I mean, I woke up in the middle of the night and my right knee hurt. My right knee never hurts. My right knee is the good knee. It never hurts. And I woke up in the middle of the night, my right knee hurt. And, I'm, and so I stand up and I'm like, my right knee doesn't hurt. What the heck was that? You know, and I'm just, I was a mess, man. But the key was for me to get off of the couch and start with some gentle exercise to start an active recovery thing. In 2018, after I came off a really injury-filled 2017, I mapped out my recovery process. I call it sweats. And I talked about an active recovery leads to better running performance. So sweats stands for stretch, water, eat, activate, treat, and sleep. So this active recovery is one of the keys to happy, injury-free running for the last four years for me. There's been a lot of big adventures in the last four years. I finished three 
100 mile finishes. This is my first live 100 mile finish. So this was a, this was a biggie with sweats for me is how I keep on recovering well and getting back up and going out there and going after big things. So I found this really cool article and it's on a blog that's called running for sweets or running for sweets. And it was called a guide to long run recovery, what to do post run. I would highly recommend reading this article and we'll provide a link in the show notes for it. But it goes into a plan of how to exactly approach your active recovery. The biggest key that you can read all you want about recovery after a big effort, the biggest thing is to get up and get moving. You don't want to. That Tuesday when I went out for a slow walk, I didn't want to. My foot still hurt. My body still hurt. I didn't want to. But I got up and I did like a three-mile walk. And I was like, okay. All right, not not horribly bad. Wednesday, I went to Mount Trashmore and did a three-mile run on the hills because I already had my next big thing in mind, Sanger de Crista 200, and I knew that I'm going to have to train hills in this next training block. The whole time that I was getting out there stretching and just doing some quick walks and stuff, getting my body moving, what I'm listening to is I'm listening to my body's signals So your body's going to give you signals if you'll just kind of listen long enough. That's where the first part of sweats, the whole stretch part, really came in handy. Water, I cannot emphasize enough that you need to rehydrate after a really, really hard effort. Eat right. This is where I tend to fall down on the job because... Man, I see food after a big, long effort, like a 100-miler, and man, I just want to pig out. I Sometimes I don't even like the food, but it just looks so good that I just eat it. So I'm learning. That's one of the areas that I need to get better at is you know, do that. Activate, you, know, you may be wondering, what is activate? Activate means that you pay attention as you're listening to your body. There may be muscles that are speaking to you that need a little more gentle approach to it. And that's where the yoga and stretching and just kind of listening to your body comes in really, really handy. And then treat, give yourself a treat. I had two duck donuts after the race and I keep on talking about having, a, you know, wanting another duck donuts, but I will not eat another duck donuts until after I get back from Sanger to Krista 200 with that belt buckle. That's going to be my reward. I treat myself, you know, during a hard training block, have treats for yourself. I have little things that I treat myself with and sleep. So I will say that after a trip overseas and then a 100 miler, my body is just now, two weeks later, as I'm recording this, starting to understand what sleep is again. And if my beautiful kitty cat, Yikma, would let me sleep a little bit longer, I think my sleep would be right back on key. Living an Ultra Life is brought to you by Forge Glory Athletics. Forge Glory Athletics is a science-driven, client-proven, premier running company that instills strong, introspective pillars through disciplines of movement that award personal growth in multiple aspects of the athlete's life without injury. We must find the light within ourselves before others can follow. Christopher Guerra. So the second key, key number two, is to begin your running with shorter, less intense runs. You know, get back out running, but lower the intensity level a little bit. Even better, go for a walk. There's a mapmyrun.com article, How Long Do You Need to Recover from a Run? Emily Abate is the author, and she describes a very efficient way to get off the couch and back out there in a way that will aid the recovery process. 
I love how she points out that you don't need to spend big money to recover smartly. In fact, recovery can include simple strategies like a next day walk or a light jog to help flush lactic acid from the muscles. This act of recovery is going to may look frustrating to those who are used to running and running fast. But what they do is they set up your body to recover quicker, better, and less prone to injury. I know I talk a lot about running without injury, but man, I tell you what, I love that I can trust my body and I can listen to my body enough that my body's going to tell me if I'm doing stuff that's going to shut it down. And I shut down the activity before I allow something to shut down my body. That's just one of the things that I've been doing since 2018, and it works for me. I, I've learned to really be in tune with what my body's telling me. And if I'm in a hard effort, that's not a race. And my body says, nope, I, I call it for the day. I have been aiming to go for a 30 mile training run. And at 28 miles, my body says, nope, head back to the car. And I'll head back to the car because I learned to listen to my body. I did borrow my friend's compression boots after this 100 miler. And I can see the benefit in them. I think they're awesome. I thought they were really cool, but I'll do my foam roller and my stick. They do sort of the same thing. I don't know. I'm a very simple person. I'm very much into the KISS method of running. I have another article out there. It's called Running is Not Complicated. Let's keep it simple. Key number three, and this one is kind of my big one. Already have your next adventure scheduled. During my recent 100 miler, I was running with a guy and we were just chatting. We're probably around 38 miles into the race. And I suddenly asked him, I said, so what's your next race after this one? And he looked at me blank. I mean, he was like, he was like, what are you talking about, dude? He's like, we're at 38 miles. I haven't even begun to think of my next run. I just want to finish this one. And I was telling him about, you know, my next 200 mile race in September, describing all the elevation climbs I'll experience in Colorado and how I was looking forward to the next challenge. And, and he didn't get it. There's something to forward thinking. To me, after you finish a big race, have something to look forward to. Has something that keeps you moving forward. There's just something about this relentless forward movement that begins mentally. It's not, it's not the movement. It's not the physical. It's the mental. I think it's already been proven that long distance endurance running is as much a mental challenge as a physical challenge. I actually think it's maybe a little bit more mental than it is physical. But I don't know. You tell me. Can looking forward get you through the recovery process and moving on injury-free better? Cambridge Dictionary describes this type of thinking as forward thinking, and it's defined as thinking about planning for or considering the future rather than just the present. So recovering from a difficult effort is hard work, and one thing that gets you through the recovery process is perseverance. Wisdomtimes.com, it's a blog site, has an interesting article on forward thinking that points out this characteristic that I think is necessary to move on. It's called Traits of a Forward Thinker, and it calls this trait of perseverance a powerful weapon. So this powerful weapon is one of the main things you'll need to focus on what's next instead of focusing your attention and energy on what is right now. If you just finish something hard, you're hurting, there's aches, there's pains. Yeah, you can focus on that, but why focus on that when you can focus on what's in front of you and focus on what's ahead? So I'll often look at the race I'm in, and, and, and in my brain, I'm starting to call it a training run. At 75 miles, when I got a little bit dark and down in the dumps, the thing that helped me get up was going, look, this is just a training run. This is just a 100-mile training run for the 200-miler in September. 
And mentally, what happened was I recharged my brain. Now, fortunately, I had an incredible pacer at the time, Jeff Jordan, that was able to talk and just kind of get me out of my dark space. I had just come off of another incredible pacer, Angela Jordan, who made me look up at the skies and got me to not focus on the little dot of light I could see and look up at the amazing stars that were in the sky on this beautiful night in North Carolina. And Brian Million, he just encouraged me, you know, are you sipping on your drinks? Are you eating anything? He just kept me laser focused on the finish line and kept on talking about the finish line. But, you know, for me at 75 miles, what set me into going, okay, I just got 25 miles left in this training run was just going, it's, it's a training run. It's a, it's a rehearsal for the next big thing that's going to go on. And that's what gets you through the dark hours, you know, where it's just dark out. So I don't care if it's a year out, sign up for something before the big event you're running now or plan a big bucket list run, whatever it is, you know, plan a rim to rim to rim or like I'm doing right now. I'm talking to Jenny and we're planning a rim to the bottom together, camping out at Phantom Ranch or, you know, getting a cabin at Phantom Ranch. And this is years down the road. And then we're going to hike back out again. I would love to do a rim to rim to rim, but I think I'd rather do a rim to rim with my beautiful forever girlfriend. So that's just some thoughts that I have about recovering well. I'm not saying I didn't go all out during my 100-miler. I set a personal best at the 100-mile distance, um, but I raced really intelligently. There were times that I might have been able to kick the pace up a bit, but I was simply focused on passing as many people as possible in the last 25 miles. And I know I moved up at least 12 paces. But the biggest thing was I knew that Sanger to Krista 200-miler was next in September, and it helped me to focus on racing my race and not worrying about everything going on around me. So now as I prepare for my 200-miler, I'm already playing the next big thing. I'm not going to tell you what it is yet because I don't want my wife to kill me. But I will say that I already know what it is in my mind. I focus on recovery on these three keys. They're a tremendous start to ensuring that you regroup for your significant effort. So I'm just going to recap them real quick. So key number one is to get up off of the couch, you know, to get out there and just start doing something. Don't just lay on the couch. I know you're in pain to get up off the couch. Key number two, begin your runs with something short or less intense. Maybe even, I know, maybe even a walk. And key number three is already have your next adventure schedule. That's it for this week's episode of Living an Ultra Life. Come along for the run. Stay for the journey.